We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here by myself in Blue Wire Studios. No, it's not going to be a hot take day, unfortunately. But the old man is joining us from the crib. Dre is here as well. We're going to finish off this week actually talking about combat sports, of course, but UFC specifically. We're going to talk about UFC. We're going to talk about MMA, a little bit of bare knuckle in there because... It is a quiet week in MMA, so it's nice to fit that in. They have one hell of a card. We're going to talk about that. Next week is packed because we have UFC pay-per-view going down in Newark as well. And after that, we also have a one FC card going down that weekend. Could be the final fight for Demetrius Johnson. So a lot going on in MMA next week. We'll keep you guys entertained throughout this show. Old oh, man. First and foremost, what is up with you? You at the crib? You chilling? I always like the background. I'm at the crib. This is your fault. It I'm at the crib fault. because you got to do your NFL draft day party and you got to get drunk and do <laughs> the barbecue. Right. So we got to do the show early. No, 100%. So, yeah. It is my fault. I take credit for that. I love it. I love that NFL draft. I love everything about it. Every single thing about it. My Giants, your Niners don't got no picks. I love everything this year, um, everything about it. So you're going to be locked in to MMA this weekend. Why? Your team ain't doing shit. Not doing a damn thing. Yeah, man. <laughs> you got, nothing. You got nothing, nothing but time. Like the, the first, night one of the draft is us watching, me watching what everybody else does. Like there's nothing else for me to pay attention to. Now the next night, all the compensatory pick, kick, picks come into play. I'll be interested to see what we do. But tonight? Just trying to see where Bryce Young, if you make sure he's the number one pick. Yep. Trying to see where who's the first running back off the board and when it goes. Is it going to be in the first round, second round? I think it'll be in the second round. But uh, I don't care. The, the Niners aren't affected by any of this. We're good. Oh, yeah. No, running back's going. No, it's, it's going to be very, very fun. I'm going to be very, very drunk by the end of this because you don't know where anyone is going. So my uh, mock draft drinking game. Is not going to go in my favor this year, which is either good or bad, depending on how drunk I want to get. So it is going to be exciting. In MMA, though, 
starting it off, we had a, it was a decent card last week. Right? Expectations were low. I thought the fights were cool when it actually went. One thing that jumps out at me before we get to the main event, Bobby Green, Jared Gordon was a fight everyone thought, like, yo, it's going to be a banger. They started throwing hands. I was like, oh, this is what we wanted. Bobby Green thinks he gets the stoppage on Jared Gordon. It's reviewed. It goes to replay. I think the NBA Finals is really getting into this MMA thing. Like, people are getting way too hype off of this. It goes to replay. Bobby Green is told it is a no contest because what dropped Gordon was a headbutt when Bobby missed, and then Bobby finished it up. Do you think Bobby was robbed of a knockout? Because if it's an incidental headbutt, like, he was going for a swing. If you hit someone with your elbow, if you're trying to swing a fist and miss and your elbow connects and knock him out, then you're good. No, man. He, it's a headbutt. If you hit somebody in the he head. He wasn't trying to head headbutt box, him. No matter. If you headbutt somebody in boxing, it's, it's an accidental headbutt. And it could go to the scorecards if it busts somebody open. Only if they that, get cut. No. no. <laughs> you can't knock somebody down with a headbutt, bro. You can't. You can't. Bobby Green was not robbed. He went out there. It's unfortunate. Things happen. It's like an eye poke. If I, if I eye poke you and then I knock you out and the referee calls an eye poke, it's, it's a no contest if you can't continue. So, no. Get over it, Bobby. Shit. Hit him with your fist next time, not your <laughs> hand. Not your head. They're going to have to run that one back. Uh, Brad Tavares loses to Bruno Silva. In the co-main event, I, mean, I knew somebody was getting knocked out. I didn't think it was going to be Tavares necessarily. But this was an evenly matched yeah, fight. I thought it. it was good. Okay, let's keep it a buck. This, this past week card and this weekend's card stink. Like the, the UFC oh, pay-per-views have sucked up all the talent. I was watching this, this past one. Today I was like, okay, like we, we had some people throwing hands to end it. Again, the entire card wasn't great. I ain't going to lie to you. But, like, the last three fights, I was like, people throwing hands to Bobby Green one. I was like, oh, womp, womp, womp. Then we had Brad Tavares, Bruno Silva. That was a good one. As it lasted a round. And then main event, Sergey Pavlovich. I mean, this guy is now number two heavyweight in the world. Runs through Curtis Blades on, like, some Ngannou yeah. shit. To the yeah. point where I'm like, uh, I'm not sure if John should be worried yet. But John should be worried. He should. He yeah, should be worried. Sergey Pavlovich is for real. Yeah, he's he's for real. I mean, again, I'm, I'm saying in terms on paper, these last two UFC fight nights, like this one coming up this weekend and last week's aren't great. Like this one this weekend is two guys ranked 10 and 12, I believe, in Bantamweights. Last week, better main event, but the, the rest of the card, not great. Um, but talking about Sergey Pavlovich, he's a problem. He's a problem. Like it. Curtis Blades is always going to have problems with opponents that stand him up, right? Like, if, if, if they, he can't get that takedown, there's not much he can do. And Pavlovich just put his hands on him quickly in a way that Francis Agano did as well. So there are there's a pass for Sergey Pavlovich to get a title shot soon. And if you're John Jones, you probably stay far away from that fight for the time being. <laughs> the risk-reward factor is, like, None. you don't want it. Instead, you know, if you're John, you fight Stipe and you probably retire. Unless John's a madman, which he kind of is. Maybe you fight Sergey Pavlovich after he beats Stipe, if that's what happens. But you stay far away from that man. Sergey is a problem. Yeah, it's, it's wild to think Sergey lost his UFC debut to Alistair Overeem. Gets knocked out by Overeem yeah. and doesn't look back. Like, after that, it was just like, yo, this guy's a monster. He got caught with one. He ain't getting caught again. 
and that's where we are. But if John watches that fight, John will be like, oh, well, I got a chance to knock him out too. But that was a long time ago. And then you never know yeah, with the heavyweight know. division. You don't know how deep it really is. Because even looking at, like, Pavlovich's record, and his last fight's been impressive, but he knocks out Taito Ivasa in the first, knocks out Derek Lewis. Like, okay, they've been knocked out a lot recently, right? I mean, before then, we're going back to 2019, Maurice Green. It's just one of those things where it's like the resume is not as, as deep as it may think. And then Curtis Blades, obviously, on the feet isn't what John Jones is or even Steve A at that point, right? So I think maybe, and I hate turning, like, French contenders or people who just got a ton of title shots into gatekeepers immediately, but I think Pavlovich has a, a date with Cyril gone. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. If he's not going to sit around and wait for the John Jones to even book a fucking fight, how about that? Let's get John to book a fight first. That'd be incredible. If he's not going to wait around, he might as well fight Cyril Gaon. It's a dangerous proposition, though, because beating Cyril Gaon is not a given. Like, Cyril got ran over by John Jones because John Jones is his wrestling, his grappling, his size, all those things. Cyril could beat Sergey Pavlovich. But on the contrary, Sergey Pavlovich, I mean, yeah, Taito Ivasa, Derek Lewis, Curtis Blades, they have been knocked out before. But these are all like first round knockouts, which are really impressive. Yes. And John is not a he's not a great striker. We know this. So if Curtis couldn't t- take down Sergey, obviously John is a better all-around fighter. It's an intriguing fight, but it's a risky fight. Cyril Cyril Guy, we looked at him was like he has no ground game. If John gets him down, it's over, and that's exactly what he did. Sergey, I don't know if he can get him down. Curtis Blades couldn't get him down. So I'm in, I'm interested in that fight. I just think if I'm John Jones, he's not interested in that fight. He could care less. Not yet. There's no Man. money in that. The only nope. thing, he wants Stipe, and he'll probably try to uh, 
make a call to his new business partners over at the WWE and see if he can get Brock Lesnar out of retirement for a fight. Like, other than that, I don't see anything else for John to do. That'd be so smart. <laughs> Just him versus Brock, print money. And at this point, hey, we're yeah. all, listen, we're all under the same banner. Endeavor, you want this dough? And uh, no drug test. That, that'd be my only thing. No, 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 son. Got to, got to let Brock well, come in. I, however, Brock comes in. Dude, but that means you got to have like John come in. However, John comes in, which you have cocaine eyes versus steroids. No, 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 no. John got to come in fully tested. I need clean John. But Brock, that's we like a clean John and clean. No, no, that's like the Javante no. fucking rehydration clause. No, you got to let Brock. Brock been out for too long. He too old. You got to let him come in. However, he comes in. That got to be the caveat. Mm. I'm pretty sure Brock got in a exemption for the last time he came in. It was like 30 days or something he had to test. He didn't have to go through the full USAP. I don't want to talk about this. 30, I don't want, 30 I don't days. Want to advocate for, I don't want to advocate for people juicing. No, I, no, no, I'm, I'm not, not saying he's juicing. I'm just saying the, the man's been out for like five years. You got to let the man just take a fight. Juice? I don't know if he's going to juice. Bro, he was juiced to the gills against Mark Hunt at UFC 200. He like, won that fight, again, and he remembered. He didn't fail Come anything. On, man. Everybody Mark remembers Hunt he beat he Mark failed, Hunt, right? Failed something. Yeah. Mark, did Mark Hunt Brock say? Brock failed everything. <laughs> Brock failed everything. Do you? Rem- That's the problem. Everybody remembers Brock beating Mark Hunt, but everybody forgets Brock failed every drug test. Like his testosterone was through the fucking roof. I forgot. Nobody about cares. Him. In the in the record books, I think it went down as a no contest. Really? Nobody cares because Brock already won. Oh, I didn't know that went down See, as a no contest. That. I did not remember that. I thought he was clean. Clean See? as a sheet. I'm pretty sure he only had like 30 days worth of drug testing, too. So if you failed everything, my man just didn't even care. Everything. And they still teased the Cormier fight after that. Look at him. Look at Brock Lesnar. I mean, man, on, man. man eats farm-raised cattle. I don't know. He's Canelo cattle. Whatever Canelo's eating, he's eating a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, this weekend's fights, it's headlined by Song Yudong versus Ricky Simon. That's going to be the fight of the weekend. We'll actually be joined here shortly by Julian Arosa. So that, that would be really cool. Great interview. A guy who's always, always entertaining. So we'll talk and chop it up with him. But, and, we're, of course, we're picking him. We pick everyone who's a guest here. But in the main event, Song Yudong versus Ricky Simon. I never pick against Song Yudong. That's my boy. He's 25. I think this is where you start figuring it out in MMA. Of course, he's taking his lumps. But he had a lot of fights by the age of 25. And Ricky Simon's really good. Four-fight winning streak for him. Um, damn, five. Going back, five-fight winning streak for him. But I, I still think Song Yudong pulls upset here. Yeah, not not me. I'm picking Ricky Simone. I think I think Ricky's riding a nice winning streak. Song Yudong has been in his fair share of battles. I think this is a fun fight. Um, but I'm picking Ricky. But at, at, at the end, of the, again, I think it's number ten versus number twelve. This is the main event of a UFC fight night. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? I feel like this is like you really couldn't put all these people on the card next week. So instead of taking a week off, you're just like, fuck it. Like, well. We'll give you guys like this little card in Vegas just to stay busy because we'll talk later uh, about this when we have our guests on. But it's just like, man, like how long are people supposed to wait for fights now? Because the roster, much like WWE, AEW, is getting a little bloated. 
if you run all these Dana White contender series things and all, like there's a lot of, of people you're inviting into the roster that need to fight. And you're going to see more cards be less top heavy because there's a lot of people who don't have a lot of experience having to get on the bottom of these cards and you end up with a main event that would have been three fights into a prelim on a pay-per-view. So it's just a stay busy card in the UFC. Diehard fans don't complain. They just like seeing people get hit in the face. No, that's true. But the problem with this particular card is we're coming off of the Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia pay-per-view, which has now reportedly done 1.2 million buys. And that's a great fifth all time in Nevada gate. Matt, that's a, that's a monster. That is a monster. So you didn't want to really compete against that, which I completely understand. Yep. Next week, completely loaded. UFC 288, Canelo, 1FC, uh, WWE Backlash, all on the same same day, Saturday. 1FC is Friday on Cinco de Mayo. So you don't want to compete with that. Obviously, you have UFC 288. This weekend, you could have gave us something. There's nothing this weekend. Nothing. No, but a couple of weeks ago, they gave us Max Holloway in Kansas City. I thought that might have been like more of a this weekend thing. Um, but no, like when you look at it, it's like I would have preferred the weekend completely off. Give me like a palate cleanser heading into that. But no, they're going to make me watch some combat sports. So we'll no, catch I the card. Some other combat sports. Ain't nothing else. Yes, there is. It's bare knuckle fighting. That, that is true. Bare knuckle fighting. All right. Were you, were you watching a bunch of Come former on, UFC guys on bare knuckle? This is what you're telling me. Yes. All right. 100%. I, I like 100% the buildup. The, the buildup has been interesting and funny because we knew that from the jump, right? Mike Perry, he rubs a booger on Luke Rockhold, like just in the middle of their, their first stare downs. They're, they're both hilarious. They're going back and forth on Ariel's show. I mean, we have Chad Mendez versus Eddie Alvarez and the co main. I don't know. Mike, Luke Rockhold ain't got no chin. This ain't the sport for you if you ain't got no chin. You don't take less padding. This makes no damn sense. And Mike Perry, for what it's worth, is pretty damn good at bare knuckle. I'm picking Mike Perry. Look, I don't care, right? Like, (laughs) I don't. Look, man, you're right. I'm not going to say Luke Rockhold doesn't have a chin. You saw how much punishment he took in his last fight. He took a lot of punishment and stayed on his feet. Sure. So... I, I'm i going to pick Luke Rockhold because Mike Perry has said the N-word. I don't care if he's apologized. I'm picking Luke Rockhold. <laughs> Just on um, principle. <laughs> that's it. That's it, on principle. But the, it, this is a card that is, yes, it's, it's packed with UFC fighters. Chad Mendes versus Eddie Alvarez in a bare-knuckle fight? Yo. You couldn't have told me this would have happened five years ago. At all. Right? Like, Beck Rawlings is on this card. Like, you look at this card, and it's like, Bare Knuckle basically took the cast-offs of the UFC and brought them here. I don't know how much they're paying them, which is another conversation in its entirety. But to put on this, this arguably one of their biggest Bare Knuckle shows, and it's the perfect time to do it. Got Ben Rothwell. I don't know who's paying for this pay-per-view. I don't know Look, I don't know who's paying for the pay-per-view. Not me. I'm not getting illegally either. I'm going the media route. But <laughs> It's on Triller? Triller's still around, huh? Well, uh, well yeah. it's fight. See, it's still on fight. Oh, still fight, on fight. Fight oh. is basic. Yeah, Triller. Triller made that deal with fight, and yeah, Triller still exists in some weird way. Um, but it's a fight TV card, whatever. 
It's also on like bare knuckles platform that nobody knows about. But I, this is what I'm watching this weekend. This is what I'm watching. You're I'm gonna watch to Mike Carson. Alvarado. Yes, <laughs> Mike Alvarado hasn't boxed in years. Years. I'm very curious what he could do with bare knuckle. <laughs> You're just here for the chaos. That's it. I'm look, I'm here for the blood. Bare knuckle is even hard to watch. Like in person, bare knuckle is hard to watch. Yeah. The clips the go crazy for me on ringside, though. Go nuts. People love it, that shit. Well, you know, they go crazy for slap fighting, too. So there's neither yeah, here nor that's, there. Uh, that's very but, true. Yeah. But Baron, I remember watching Crazy Horse fight in BKFC. And Crazy Horse broke. He lost because he broke both his hands in the fight. He didn't get hit. He broke both of his hands in the fight. It was hard to watch. Because... Bare knuckle, come on, man! You're killing these guys in their hands, but they're whatever they're getting paid is what they're getting paid. I'm watching it. I'm picking Luke Rockhold, and I'm gonna pick Eddie Alvarez. But I don't give a fuck who wins. I just want to see what happens. The decline of Luke Rockhold will one day make one hell of a documentary. He fell off the cliff quick. He was rock. Michael Bisping is walking around with his soul. Somewhere in his, I don't like just on his mantelpiece. He stole it from him. He just looks at it every now and then and laughs. <laughs> Luke, yeah. you're never getting this back. He's, he's never been the same. Man was a model no, before Bisping then. Call- Dude, Kel, Michael Bisping is now calling fights for the UFC. Yeah. Where Luke Rockle is complaining about how underpaid he was in the UFC and fighting bare knuckle. One fight changed everything. The entire landscape of his career was changed by one man with one eye. That's, that's the epitome of MMA. So we're actually going to hit the break real quick because, like I said before, we have a guest, and we always love talking to UFC fighters that come through before their fights. This is going to be no different. You guys don't go anywhere right after this. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. All right, everybody, we are back. And as promised, we are joined right now by Julian Erosa fighting this weekend in the UFC. One hell of a featherweight. Always exciting fights. And it's great to have him join us on the show. Julian, thanks for taking some time out during fight week. I know it gets hectic. We had to catch you in the middle of a basketball game. You got the basketball hoop (laughs) on the door behind you. So uh, (laughs) you had to stop hooping for a second. 
to, to join our show, man. We appreciate it so much. And it's, it's odd. We're in April, and it's your first fight of 2023. Yeah. Usually you're super active. Um, what is it like just having to wait these four months to get this first fight? Because last year you were fighting all the damn time. So is, is it like something where you had to rest? Because I know you fought in December. Did you want these four months to really recuperate and get back to it? Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, it's just like uh, one of those things. I think the UFC just has been booking out like pretty far. So like if unless you get something immediately right after a fight, you might be waiting three, four, five, six months, depending on uh, how far they're booked out and uh, how your schedule lines up with the featherweights that they want to put you up against. Yeah, this, this division is crowded. And you fought, you fought Duwadu, you fought uh, Jermaine, you fought Nate. Like, you're fighting a guy who's making his UFC debut in Fernando Padilla. I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm sure you've been asked this before, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Yeah, considering that you fought so many people on the roster, so many people on, like, fringe top 15 fighters, is it kind of surprising that they give you somebody that's debuting in the UFC for this fight? Yeah, I was, you know, obviously I was a little surprised, but when they gave me his name, Looked him up, you know, there's no reason for me to say no, you know, like, I'm not the type of dude that's, like, worried about getting numbers next to my name, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just focused on fighting and enjoying, you know, enjoying the process, but also, like, putting on good shows as well and, and, and just going in there and doing what I do, and so it really doesn't matter who it is against, UFC is going to pay me the same, you know, unless I'm fighting for a title or something, and so um, I want to, you know, when I seen that, there was a lot of tough guys that they could have given me like you said, on the fringe of the top 15 that, uh, you know, uh, could give me a lot of issues. And they gave me this name. And, uh, you know, with the UFC, you feel a little obligated to say yes. And so um, when they gave me this guy, I was like, no problem. Of course I'll take it. He's a debuter. He hasn't fought for two years. He's young. Um, I know exactly what he's going through in his own mind because I was there at one point. Um, coming off the Ultimate Fighter, I was 26 years old. Made my UFC debut. I was 14-2 and two at the time. He's uh 14 and 4 so he's basically and he's built just like i am and i feel like we have similar styles as well so uh i kind of know where he's where you know where he's at in his own you know his own career and i feel like that gives me an advantage as well i mean it's crazy to think about you're eight years deep in the ufc now so yeah <laughs> you it's sometimes it can feel like yesterday when you just got here but now you have eight years worth of experience going into this fight you just said it looks like you're kind of fighting your younger self how much have yeah. you grown since then? How much do you take in? Because not many people get to eight years deep in the UFC. Yeah. What is it like to compete at the highest level for that long? Well, technically speaking, in the last eight years, I've been in and out of the UFC. You know, they've hired and re you know they've hired and fired me. You know, a few times already. So, um, but yeah, like you know, I've learned so much and I've changed tremendously in the sense of like everything, you know, across the board, my skill sets, my ability to be, to go into, uh, uh, the biggest stage of the world in, you know, in, in fighting and be able to perform. Um, and I've done it and I've had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And so I understand what comes with it. You know, I know I've been, you know, I've been, I've had the worst thing happen to me. I've been knocked out on national television in the UFC <laughs> yeah. and I've also knocked people out, you know, in the UFC. So it's like, I felt the best that you could feel and I felt the worst that you could feel. And, one thing that I really attribute or just I can really gauge what I've learned, you know, within that amount of time is the very first time or it was my second UFC fight. It was at the it was at MGM and I remember getting in there and it was super tunnel vision. I felt like I was having an out of body experience. I was so nervous, so anxious, 
you know, so many different emotions were going through my body that uh, I basically didn't even feel the fight. I can't, I couldn't remember anything about the fight. I felt like I was, uh, you know, just an out of, like I was having an out of body experience. And then I thought Dawadu, you know, in, in the big, it, it, on a big pay-per-view as well. And so it was almost a redemption. And, uh, mm. and when I went in there, I felt so comfortable. I was so clear and uh, clear in my mind and, and focused. And uh, it was just such a, such a tremendous amount of difference that I felt in, in those two experiences. And, you know, uh, I think it just, you know, att uh, attributes to all the experience that I've had leading up from those first couple of UFC fights to now. Let me ask you this. I, I'm, I'm still thinking about this Fernando Padilla matchup. And what makes me think is, I want you to answer this. Do you think they made this match to challenge you and test you or to test him? You know, uh, I, I would I would assume that you know it's it's more t of testing him because I've been you know obviously I've been pretty battle tested. I've had some you know some some tough fights against some tough dudes in the UFC, um, and uh, and I've done well you know in, in certain uh, in certain fights. And obviously I've fallen behind in certain fights as well. But uh, you know that's fighting. You know at the end of the at the end of the day you're kind of flipping a coin sometimes. But um, I don't think uh, they're necessarily trying to test me because. They've already been testing me. I think Alex Casares was kind of that test. Um, Dawadu was, I think Dawadu was as well. Um, when I beat Dawadu, I think they wanted to put me up against somebody uh, a little bit higher than him with a lot of experience as well. And uh, I think Casares was a perfect uh, testing for me. Um, just, you know, so happens I was on the receiving end of a, you know, of a head kick and those things happen. Um, but yeah, I don't, you know, I don't think they're trying to test me against Padilla. I think they're trying to test Padilla against me, and I think it's a hard out for anybody making their UFC debut having to deal with somebody who's. This is my 13th UFC fight. Um, you know, I've been in and out of the UFC for the last eight years. It was on Ultimate Fighter. Uh, I was doing the Ultimate Fighter back when I was his age. So like, <laughs> it's just insane the amount of experience that I have, and just and then I did, you know I've also done the Contender Series. So I've done like literally everything that you could dream of doing in the UFC or trying to get in the UFC and, uh, and been able to, you know, I've been battle tested. So um, I think it's, it's just more, I mean, I don't even know, maybe they were just, you know, maybe just schedules lined up and they're like, well, you know, this is perfect. Uh, Julian, you know, wants to fight this time and may, and Padilla wanted to fight, or I think finally Padilla got his uh, visa issues done mm. and dealt with. And I think that's why he hasn't fought for two years. And so uh, maybe it just lined up good time wise and, or who knows? I really don't know. I just, when the UFC call or when my manager gives me a name and says the UFC wants me to fight on this date, uh, I usually say yes. <laughs> what, what, what you just said, usually. Have you said no before? Or have you ever said, why him? Like, has that ever <laughs> happened where you was like, why did you guys pick that guy? Not necessarily. Um, with I've never really said no to, like, like to guys, uh, to names. It's just been more about time. Mm. There's been times where, you know, I was a bit heavy in between camps. And my manager hit me up and said, hey, there's a fight in, you know, three and a half weeks um, against whoever this, whoever it is. Uh, do you want to take it? I'd have to say no because I, I just couldn't. I, I mean, I could maybe make the weight, but you don't want the whole camp to be about making weight. You know, mm. uh, my me making weight is this this week is the, the week of, you know, kind of winding things down and just getting the weight off. Um, uh, it sucks when you have to deal with that uh, with with dealing with weight the entire camp. Like uh, they were, they, uh, they offered me a fight three and a half weeks out at a certain time, you know, before the, uh, I think the Dawadu fight. And um, I was about 180 pounds. 
So you're talking about, you know, like 34 pounds mm-hmm. um, uh, above weight in, uh, you know, three and a half weeks. And, you know, it's that can be a bit difficult, obviously. Um, and so for me, uh, I want to if, if I'm in really good shape, you know, and if my weight's hovering a bit lower than that, then I then I wouldn't have a problem taking, you know, short notice fights like I did took, you know, Sean Woodson. I fought him on like three days notice uh, and, and didn't we, made, we did a catch weight at 150. So had a little bit of leeway with the weight. Um, and then also Jordan, Charles Jordan, I fought him at one at 150 as well on like 10 days notice. So I can't make the weight if my weight's, you know, in a manageable area. But that specific time, I was 180 pounds and uh, just been enjoying myself a little too much and um, <laughs> and had to turn down that fight uh, because of that. And, um, you know, but honestly, for me, I wasn't even trying to fight at that time. I was, you know, I told my manager I wanted to fight um, uh, like a month after that. And so I would have been in line to do that. Um, but he had just offered it to me in case I wanted it. When and you mentioned this before, when you got that fight with Alex Caceres, you said that was kind of like your prove it moment and it didn't go your way. But now coming back after that, what do you take away from that fight, um, from the Caceres fight? Like you said, it was a head kick and it was in the first round. Yeah. Those things happen. Is that one you just be like, oh, OK, I'm, I'm throwing that out. That happens or in those three minutes or you're like, OK, this is what I could take away from that fight. This is what I learned. And how does that make you more prepared for this fight coming up? Yeah, usually, like, especially with, like, losses like that, you kind of want to just be able to shake it off and, and move forward without it, like, you know, kind of affecting your psyche, you know, like, because I think, you know, mentally fighting is, you know, it's 90% mental. And so you want to be able to, you know, uh, compartmentalize those things and, um, and, and, and just know that those things happen and it's not – a reflection on you know a bad camp or reflection on bad weight cut a reflection on not doing it doing what you should have been doing i was doing everything i mean everything in that camp was completely you know to the t of what i wanted it to be i my weight cut was probably the best weight cut i've had um mentally physically emotionally i felt just so dialed in for that fight um and then he caught me with a crazy head kick and, and those things happened and uh you know not necessarily from the fight um because the fight was kind of short um, but a lot from that camp I took, just like, like I said, uh, the weight cut was probably my best weight cut. And so there's things I take away from that. Um, got a lot of, uh, Southpaw looks because Caceres is a Southpaw and kind of, uh, that Taekwondo karate stance. So I got a lot of work, um, with guys that were trying to imitate that, which definitely gives me, uh, not only, um, better defense to that, but, uh, I've seen some things that maybe I want to use, you know, in a fight as well, you know, where I could switch to Southpaw and, and be able to use some of those offensive moves as well. Um, but uh, I think the biggest thing, especially coming off losses, is to really take away things and, and try to learn as much as you can. Because when you're winning fights, you, you don't really care to learn anything. You're like, well, I won. I did what I needed to do. You know, like, let's just move on. But when you lose a fight, it's 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 um, one of those things where you're just like, you almost feel like you're not worthy anymore. And it's so weird to say that because, you know, before the Caceres fight, I was on a three-fight winning streak against tough dudes, you know. And uh, and had won five out of six fights against t- you know really tough top you know top guys uh, you know that you know and some of them are just prospects in the UFC but like even like Nate Land where the Jordan fight Sean Woodson those guys you know uh, that have good resumes after the fact as well and so um, uh, being able to really try to take like uh, compartmentalize those losses but also like take away from it like 
Like, I know that when you get in there, anything can happen, but these are the things that I need to take from it and, and just make sure I don't make those same mistakes. Uh, Julian, how much time do you spend on social media? Uh, probably too much. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why I ask is because when we talk about, like, wins and losses in the UFC, UFC has, like, a nice little habit of things going viral and, you know, whether you win and you see you knock somebody else spread all across the internet or you lose and you see it all over the place. Yes. But how do you deal with that either way, whether you win or you lose? you get caught up in what social media is saying and clips being shared of your fights? Oh, you definitely can. You know, obviously, if you do something good, like when I did that flying knee against um, Nate Land where it was on ESPN, it, like it's one of the highlights of uh, their top 10 highlights they had or or whatever it was. And it was like people were, you know, messaging me and, and you know, sending it to me on Instagram and those are, and th those are things are great because you want to be proud of those things. Like I've worked my entire life or, you know, my entire fighting career life to get to this point and to have these types of uh, uh, victories in the UFC. And so when you see those kind of things, you want to be able to take those in and be proud of them. But at the same, on the same token, you got to be willing to, uh, to see yourself be on the receiving end of that and being not, I don't want to say be okay with it, but uh, emotionally being okay with it. I mean, you want to, you want to let it fucking burn. You know, you want to let, you want to let those things eat you up inside to give you motivation to push you towards, you know, getting those wins and, get, and getting that feeling back again. Um, but uh, you got to be willing to also understand that these things, ha these things will happen to you. If you fight, you're going to lose. And, you, you know, you will probably get knocked out. I mean, there's a couple guys that have, you know, like Khabib that have gone their entire fight career without losing a fight. Uh, but that's, you know, you're talking about like, you know, 1% of 1% of fighters that, yeah. that's ever going to happen to. So if you ever fight, if you do this for a living, you're going to lose. And most likely you're going to lose by knockout or submission at some point. And you're going to be the highlight reel of some other guy. And you got to be okay with that because there's going to be guys on your highlight reel as well. And so, um, you know, you just got to be okay with that and just take it as it comes. Last question. When you sit down, when you envision how this fight goes this weekend, what do you see? How does this fight go for you? How does it end? What is like your perfect scenario for this weekend's fight? I think the perfect scenario for any fight is for anybody really is just to go in there and get it done quick. You know, my Nate Landwehr fight was probably the best scenario. Go in there and finish him in a minute and be done. Have an early night, go get your paychecks and be out of there. Um, but for me, like, I want to be, I want, I love putting on classic Juicy J fights. I like, I, I want people to be like, oh my God, I fucking, it's Juicy J, we got to watch him, man. It's going to be a fucking barn burner. And I, like, I love being in the third round where we're both trying to figure out who's got the most dog in them and who's willing to really push the envelope that much more. Um, and so for me, I think I've watched some of his uh, previous fights and I've, I've seen him break a little bit. I feel like he has that in him. If you've broken once, you can do it again. And um, I'm one of those guys that's just never done that. And I've always kind of pushed myself, not only in the gym, but outside the gym, to uh, to really have the mental capacity of not losing or not breaking. Um, if you're going to beat me, you're going to you're gonna have to put me out. You're going to have to have the ref step in. Um, you know, you're going to have to take my soul from me. And so uh, for me on Saturday night, I really want to just bury him. I want to I want to put the paces on him. I want to get into the third round with this guy. Uh, I feel like the Caceres fight, it was the same kind of concept. I want to do that, but, you know, I didn't make it that far. And that's why I feel like I got robbed of a fight. Not to take anything away from Caceres, but I really wanted to just drag that fight as, as, as deep as we could get it. And so for this one, 
I feel like I want to be a little bit more defensive out of the gate and uh, and make this fight be as long as possible and get him into those, you know, those dog rounds and, uh, and, and really just bury him with my pace. I love it. It's going to be exciting. Julian Arosa joining us. Again, make sure you guys watch this fight this weekend. We appreciate you, Julian. Best of luck. We're all picking you. We're rooting for you. It's going to be exciting. I need another highlight reel uh, so I can post that to ESPN <laughs> and Sports Center Social. So can't wait, man. I appreciate you. Thanks so much, everyone. Thank you for watching and listening. As always, a great MMA show today. Check out the UFC card this week and a pay-per-view coming up in a couple of weeks. So it's pay-per-view time again here shortly. It feels like it's been a million of them. So we're just gearing up for a hot summer in MMA. By now, you guys know the social handles. Follow us on all social media. Please follow myself at Kel Dansby and at Andreas Hale on all platforms as well. For everybody here at Blue Wire Studios and Wynn Resort in Las Vegas, everyone in the booth, thank you. Till next time, we're out. Peace.